0: welcome back again to another episode of As I Live in Grief. I have come to really enjoy these sessions week after week. Not only do I get to meet some really, really cool people, and I get to talk to them, but I get to share that conversation with you as well. And I've been looking at the analytics, and I know that there are a lot of you out there listening, and I really, really appreciate that so, so much. So, let me hesitate no further. Today, my guest is Brian Bickett. And I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation because we're talking about money. We're talking about money and finances as it relates to you when you are really at your most vulnerable. And that would be shortly after the death, shortly after your loss, when you're trying to put together all the puzzle pieces. And you know, when you try to do a puzzle and there's pieces missing, well, that's what it feels like. So without further delay, hi, Brian Beckett. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Oh, good afternoon. and looking forward to, to this uh, opportunity. So thank you for uh, having me on.
0: Oh, absolutely. The pleasure's mine. Before I actually get started with my questions, of which I'm known to have many And don't be surprised if I suddenly say, here's my toddler question. It's just a very simplistic question that I can't resist asking. So before I get all up into my questions, Brian, would you just tell our listeners just a little bit about your background,
1: please? Yes. I started my career as a mechanical engineer, spent some time doing some software consulting, and my father one January Called us rather unexpectedly and uh, informed us he had a, he had a brain tumor. And, uh, we, uh, uh spent the next, uh, five months with him helping through that process. And after he passed, it was, uh, as the oldest son uh, and the one closest to living closest to my mother, I spent, I was the one that helped her sort through the finances and became aware of, uh, just how how unorganized things were and how stressful it was to try and sort through that and deal with the emotions all the emotions tied with this passing and it was a year after that I left my career as a, a software consultant at the time and uh, started my path to become a certified financial planner with the intent of uh, helping others preventing others from having to go through that same experience um, I can't prevent the the emotional, side of that, but we, we can organize and get things put together so that the financial side is not nearly as stressful. That's not where the focus should be at that time at all. As for the last decade, that's uh, where I've poured my heart and soul into.
0: And, you know, I have to just say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not just for kind of realizing that some special support was needed when someone goes through this, but also for recognizing it in your own mom what she was going through, and then being able to convert seeing and feeling her experience and turn it around and be there to help others. We all know that our friends, and I'm kind of using the term friends loosely, are always ready to give us advice. And one of the last things you need at that point in your life is unsolicited advice by someone who may or may not really know that what they're saying is the best thing for you. So it's refreshing to me to know that, especially women, because for me, I feel women are a little more vulnerable in that respect just because they are so emotionally overwhelmed. And many times in a family, especially the older generations, it has been the man all along that has managed the finances of the family. So many, many times, I know many couples that are dear, dear friends of mine that I keep encouraging the women, please sit down when he's paying bills the next time. Learn a little bit, write it down, take notes. Otherwise, it is going to be devastating. Just another facet in grief and grieving that is going to knock you to your knees. So when someone comes to you, Brian, And you listen to their story and you understand they've lost their spouse. And let's just say for purposes of our discussion today, they have not got a clue where to start or what to look for. Where do you help them start?
1: Uh, kind of triage the approach. And so that we first want to make sure that they're going to be taken care of in the short term. We're primarily focused on the finances, of course. And so Mm -hmm. we just want to make sure that they've got enough to cover themselves that they don't have to worry about things in the short term. And then mm-hmm. once we've established that, we start looking towards if we can get our hands on a tax return or if uh, if they've got a a lot of times there's a folder or a box or a drawer where there's financial information in. we won't ask them to sort through that. We'll just ask them to bring it in. What I've learned through experience is to never sort through that with them in the room. But ask them to leave that with us and spend some time sorting that out and just looking for what we can find. And over time, we don't find everything, very rarely find everything up front. Sometimes it's a we don't know until a year later we get a statement that they didn't know was that they weren't expecting and we had no idea of but but eventually everything comes to light you
0: know there's some great information in what you just said because i remember someone telling me that the first thing i needed to do was to become a detective i had to find everything and anything that could be related to finances my husband was not a an organized person. He paid things haphazardly when he paid them and didn't keep copies of anything, didn't write things down. So it was a struggle and it was very upsetting to me at the same time to have to find that. I I like what you said about looking for a file or a box or something and then just bringing it to you instead of me, for example, having to go through it all and making sense out of it. What is this and everything? And, And I remember an instance where... If someone hadn't made a comment to me at a meeting, at a veterans meeting at one point, I wouldn't have known about an insurance policy that wound up giving me $15,000. I would not even have known that it existed until someone said, I think Tom had this. And then I knew what to look for and what the name was and everything. And I remembered, I think I saw an envelope. So the only thing I would add to what you already said so far, Brian, is that in addition to looking for files and boxes and everything, I would make sure that you grab every single envelope that comes in the mail and don't look at it and think, this is junk. Open it because you never know. Sometimes these companies put the oddest things for return addresses and they make you think that it's nothing or it's another credit card you're you're guaranteed. But so save those envelopes and look through them as well. Okay. So then let's continue. Now you have kind of gone through belongings and file folders and everything, and you've got an idea on what the financial status is for this person. I also really, really appreciate what you said about making sure that she has enough to live on for now so that she doesn't have to worry about putting food in her cupboards or in her refrigerator. Many women have children they have to worry about too. They need to make sure that their home is okay, that they're not in jeopardy of losing that or all of a sudden having to move or anything. So that's really important as well. But now you have kind of a sense of things. What's the next step?
1: Truthfully, the next step is space and time. I was taught in pursuing becoming a certified financial planner that not not to make any decisions within the first 6 months after someone passes and having gone through that with my mother I would I would say it's 6 months for some and for others it's a year and others big decisions get put off even longer than that and so we just try and feel from them how quickly they're comfortable to start making some decisions and we and we try to reorganize what they have into a way that's going to serve them best. And that's and sometimes that takes it's a six month wait and then we can do that over the next six months. And sometimes it takes a couple of years to do that because there's a I mean bunny inherently has a lot of motion tied to it. And then when it its source is from a spouse that has passed, there's even more emotion tied to that and we we don't want to force decisions. Sometimes the right thing isn't the best thing to do financially, but it's the right thing emotionally to do for for that person at the time.
0: So a financial planner then <clears throat> isn't just there to help you sort it, sort out the parts and pieces and make sure bills get paid and insurance policies get processed and money brought into the bank and everything. They're also there for the long term to help you determine your financial future. Can you exist on what resources and assets you have as they are? Or do you need to find an income? Is, is that correct?
1: Uh, that That is correct. Yes. Or maybe the assets that you have aren't located, aren't being used in the most efficient manner. That's in alignment with what that person's goals are. Sometimes that's There'll be a, a deposit, a large deposit from a life insurance policy that's just sitting in, in a savings account because there's mm-hmm. a lot of emotion tied to that. Unless it's a very short term goal, that's not the most efficient place for that. Right. And so if it's a we just need to realign things as we can to be more to serve that person towards whatever their goals and purpose are, not not right. projecting mine or somebody else's, but what's, what, right. what they're trying to accomplish.
0: Yeah. So you offer them options, you know, and let's take let's take the uh, insurance money that came in and is sitting in a savings account. You know, some people might just automatically say, oh, I remember my father used to do CDs. I'll put it in CD. There are several options when it comes to investing money. So you as a financial planner then could, not only tell them what the options are, but what the risks and benefits would be for each one. You know, that this one may have a higher return, but the risk is higher. And we all know what's happened to the markets and, you know, in the last few years up and down and and they've been crazy. So that type of information for someone who's not used to the financial aspect of maintenance, you know, securing your future and everything, those things can be very difficult to navigate. And I know a lot of people turn to the Internet. I also know that you can go to one of my best friends, Google, and you can ask questions about that. But depending on the link you click, that may or may not be reliable information. So I'm going to suggest that one of your best options, if you are at a point in your life that it has suddenly fallen to you to figure out your financial future, your present and your future, that you are much better off going to a certified financial planner to help you with that process. So I'm just going to put that right out there. Now, in addition to all those things, if someone decided that, well, probably they need to sell their house, and that's a really, really tough decision because there are so many memories attached to something like that, are you able as well to tell them some of the pros and cons of doing that?
1: Yes, absolutely. We're able to walk through you know, the pros and cons, the tax considerations of doing that, and the considerations of if you do move forward with that, well, then what, what options are there and what are the pros and cons of those options as well? Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay. Considering trends for a minute, over the last, I don't know, few years or whatever, Have you noticed any trends? In other words, are new widows, for example, let me focus on them because I'm not new anymore, but I am one. I remember what it feels like. For new widows, are they, do they seem to be any more prepared with financial information or any less prepared or it's just like all over the map? Does that make sense?
1: Yes. My, my experience (laughs) is, is that most Widows are not prepared. I mean, it's, it, I don't see a trend in either direction. It's just, it's been a steady, they're, they're not prepared. Um, okay. And so, one of the things that came from my experience and working with widows is uh, since then is that we, we need to have, I used to call it a, a financial piece notebook, got to have something, whether it's a folder. It's a notebook, it's a binder, something that just has where everything's at or where most of the things are at. And you don't have to show anybody what's in there. You don't have to tell anybody the details of what's in there, but Mm -hmm. somebody needs to know where that's at. And that's just the, if something happens, go to the book and that's got all the information that'll get you started. And that's encouraging and uh, sharing my story with clients has, we've got a pretty high Implementation rate of that, I mean everybody sees the value of that, and almost sure. nobody has that nobody has that when they walk in the door
0: yeah, you know that's actually that's part of one of the reasons that this podcast came to be because death and grief itself has been over the years extremely difficult to talk about. And just like no one wants to talk about dying because of that, nobody wants to talk about the what ifs and what happens after. So they don't want to talk about anything that helps prepare because then you have to talk about it. And, and I tell repeatedly the story of my own mother who was extremely detail-oriented. She had every single thing written down and she always wanted to share that with me. Now, it's just my brother and I, but he was in Florida I happened to be in the same town as my mother. So I was the one. I was the close one that she wanted to share. So she would tell me. She would invite me over to dinner one evening. And I knew just as sure as anything that after dinner, she was going to bring out that notebook and want to show it to me. And I would literally, you know those rescue calls that people employ while they're dating? Those rescue I would have a friend call me because I was always on call at work. And I would have someone call me and there would be an emergency at work. And I would do that to escape. However, after my mother died, I was so happy to see that notebook. And I could only imagine at the time what it must be like to not have that. Well, I got to find out after my husband died what it was like to do that. So I've been on both sides. And I have to say that whether it's Funeral preparations, financial preparations, whatever the topic is, one of the greatest gifts you can give the people you love is to have things prepared, because at that point, they are suffering so very, very, very much. Even if you had five months, I had eight months with Tom after he was diagnosed. Even if you had five years Of cancer and chemo treatments, you are still never fully prepared for the time when they die. So why not suck it up and find something? Do you have any recommendations, whether it's something that your company offers or a product you know of, that offers some type of organized application to help people collect this information?
1: No, I don't. I wish there was something okay. I wish there was something I could recommend but no I, I don't. <clears throat> what I've found is most most of the folks that I've worked with has been for them to put their own book together for them to, whatever that format needs to be that works okay. for them for them to put that together themselves. I don't have a recommendation for them. Okay. what that.
0: what kind of information? Should they be writing down just a list of all the bills they pay, or what? What else?
1: Well, I, that's a that's definitely a good place to start. Would be a, a list of the bills to play to pay, a list of the banks, the bank accounts, insurance policies. Even if it's just the company, the name mm-hmm. of the company and the policy number. If even if that's all, it is what I encourage folks to do is just to put their to put a recent statement in the binder, and then you don't have to write anything down. Just to, mm-hmm. it's got all the information in there. Yeah investment accounts annuities any cds i mean really any record that you can leave or assemble that would point someone to to start looking in that direction the more detailed the better but i i also understand and appreciate how difficult it is to put that book together because of what it represents the when it's going to get used is a not a fun time but i tell clients is this is very uncomfortable and as a financial planner it's my Responsibility to help facilitate these conversations today, and as comfortable as they are today, there it's it's not nearly as uncomfortable as the feelings are going to be when when one of you passes. And, uh, absolutely, so
0: yeah, is it possible? A thought just popped into my head is it possible that if a couple decided that this they wanted to do this, you know, whether one had been diagnosed with a terminal illness or not? They just wanted to do this for each other to have it prepared. Could they retain the services of you or a certified financial planner and have you help them prepare that?
1: Yes, absolutely. There's uh, most certified plan- financial planners work uh, not only with ongoing clients on, or with clients on an ongoing, ongoing basis, but also on a project approach where it would definitely help facilitate the conversations and mm-hmm. the, the formulation of, the, of that information as well.
0: Yeah, and as well, I would think you could also help them kind of make sure that if they have money that can be invested, that it's invested in the best place that gives them the best option. So that might be a way that might make it easier for a couple, perhaps, if they decided they wanted to do this. Maybe it would be difficult for them to go through it themselves because All the time, they'd be thinking about why they're doing it. But if instead they turned and thought about, I'm going to go talk to a financial planner, because at the same time, not only will all of this information get captured in the process, but this is a way to make sure that our assets and our investments are doing the best thing for us. So it it's kind of got a double intention. The side effect, so to speak, is that you get all that information captured and written down so that if, when, should something happen, a death, then that financial planner is already able to help them because they have all the information. It's just a matter of timing at that point. So that's a side effect. So listeners out there, think about that. Don't think about doing it necessarily for the after death Think about doing it now so that you can continue to have really great lives until that day comes. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. And it really rings true with my experience with my father. Open up a little bit into that story and that we would go to my mother's house, my parents' house on Sundays and do things around the house as my dad was not able to do it anymore. And uh, my daughter was one at the time and he and her would sit on the couch and watch TV and mom Mm -hmm. and I would take care of things around the house yeah. And one Sunday, out of the blue, Dad just turned to me and said, "Is your mother going to be okay?" And oh. I, in complete shock, looked over at Mom, and she burst into tears and of ran course. out of the room. Of course. And uh, Dad was adamant; he wanted to know if Mom was going to be okay. And I recognized that that was the last thing in the world Mom wanted to talk about. Absolutely. And uh, so that that spurned. Uh, it was two weeks before I we got. Our arms around, not everything, but enough so that I could look my dad in the eye and say, "Yeah, Dad, you did your job. Mom's going to be okay."
0: Excellent. Yeah. What what a touching story that gives me goosebumps. I love stories like that. Thanks for sharing that. Well, yes. sadly, Brian, time is winding down. It, these thirty minute episodes they work great for commutes, but they always just fly by. They go by so fast <laughs> in my book. And before I actually wind up the podcast. I always turn the microphone over to my guests so that you can speak directly to our listeners. Be sure and tell them, you know, things like company name, what services you can provide, anything you would like them to hear from you without me interrupting with questions. So the floor is yours. Go ahead.
1: Thank you. I mean, I I would... Encourage and piggyback on what Kathy said. Uh, the let's make a plan.org is the website for finding certified financial planners. Find one in your area that you can go sit down with that will, if nothing else, just do a, an hourly consultation to help you get things pointed in the right direction, help you get your arms around things. My firm, we're in, we're located in Rapid City, South Dakota. It's Iron Mountain Financial Planning and the website is the letters I am and then the word's financialplanning.com. So it's I am financialplanning.com. And we work with a lot of retirees and a number of widows. Uh, one of the side effects of working with retirees is a lot of them become widows and widowers, more widows and widowers. And so I just encourage you to get an unbiased perspective and help and be Careful. If you're using a certified financial planner, it should be unbiased and they're not going to try and sell you products. They're going to try and do things that are in your best interest.
0: Again, well spoken words. Thank you so much for that. As always, Brian's information and his contact information will be part of the podcast notes and also on our website. I guess the takeaway for today, everyone, my dad used to say this to me Kathleen, because I was never Kathy to either of my parents whether I was in trouble or not. Kathleen, in life, there are a lot of tasks that you can either do now or do later. Invariably, it's always better to do them now. So I will just leave that with each of you. By doing it now, you can give a wonderful, wonderful gift to your loved ones that that is one piece of the grief journey that they can kind of just move through seamlessly if you have that information written down ready to share. So please consider doing that. Again, we've come to the end of another session. I can't wait for our next guest and I am so, so thankful and again say thank you, Brian, for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today and help us better understand why the financial peace is so critical because it can alleviate so much of your pain and suffering if it's already taken care of. So it's better to do it now than it is to do it later. Thanks everyone and come back again next week as we all continue to live and grieve. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at liveandgrieve.com and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.